This sermon was delivered before a live audience. The saints and the cloud of witnesses in the sanctuary of First Baptist Church, Edmonton. It's known as one of the most well-crafted of all the gospel stories. John, or the Johannine Gospel Writing Guild, narrates this drama with seven scenes mapping out one man's journey into light and another group's descent into darkness. It's invigorating, it's intriguing, it's sometimes comical, but it's also a story of warning and judgment. Jesus is on the run. He's been in Jerusalem with his growing group of disciples for a seven-day festival. And in the midst of it all, his fame grows. Some were loving him, others are hating him. It seems that the religious groups and rulers are especially on edge. Jesus talks about himself being, I am. That's God's name, they shout. Thank you very much. You compare yourself to God? Jesus' most recent claim was, I am the light of the world. The religious leaders want to protect their territory from this fraud. They ramp up their campaign against Jesus and his followers. They defame him. They cry out, you, you are a Samaritan. You have a demon. They pick up stones and start hurling them at Jesus and his disciples. And so Jesus is on the run, fleeing the temple ground, feeling their wrath. As he and his disciples get beyond the city limits, the chase loses ground. The crowds thin. A group of beggars, sick, lowly, some of them blind, cry out and murmur from the roadside. They're in their familiar place, on tattered mats with their sweaty and dusty bodies coping with the midday sun. One of Jesus' disciples motions towards a blind man and asks a familiar question, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind like this? We hear Jesus' surprising reply, This man did not sin, nor his parents. This happened so that the way God works could be made especially clear to him. When I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus spits on the ground and makes a mud paste and smears it on the blind man's eyes. He orders the man to go wash in a local spring called Siloam. It's a 30-minute walk. The man crouches down at the babbling brook, and the paste is washed away. He rubs his eyes. Light, color, faces, creatures, the deep blue sky, hurrah! He runs back to his beggar friends. I can see, I can see, I can see. He laughs, he leaps, he shouts for joy. His friends in low places grin and chuckle and gaze at their beggar buddy. This is too good. This is just too good. And too good it is because the waves of disbelief are about to begin. It starts with the neighbors. They're gabbing. They're nattering over stone fences. 
Isn't that the beggar who used to sit over there? No, it just looks like him. It can't be him. The man interjects, I am the man. But how in the world? The man answers, It was the man named Jesus. The neighbors have heard of this rabble-rouser Jesus, and they realize that today is a Sabbath day, so their hunch is that the religious leaders will not be impressed. And these neighbors are in the mood for some more drama, so they bring the man born blind to the Pharisees, the devout God-followers of the day, and thus comes the first dialogue or interrogation, really. Mud? You washed, and now you see? This man, Jesus, is not a man of God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. A more moderate group of Pharisees is willing to bend a little. Yet, how can a sinner do this healing? They all turn to the man again and ask, What do you say? The man, born blind, answers, He's a prophet. Frustration and fury grow. We'll take him to his parents. Imagine a dozen perfectly dressed Pharisees with their religious robes and regalia flowing behind them as they push and prod a dusty old beggar towards a shack just outside the city limits. Is this your son who was born blind? Do you know that he once was blind but now he sees Imagine the man born blind. Ma, pa, I can see, it's me. But the parents fear the religious authorities. A wrong answer could cost them their membership privileges at the local synagogue. Sympathy or leanings towards the way of Jesus could cost them a lot of social cred. We don't know. He's old enough to know. Ask him. Another wave of interrogation begins. Jesus is a sinner. You give praise to our God. The man born blind responds, I I really don't know if Jesus is a sinner. I only know one thing. I was a blind man. Now I see. The Pharisees are hopping mad. What did he do to you? How did he do it? The man again responds, I told you already. You want to hear it again? And then the comical zinger, You want to be his disciples too? Smoke billows out of their ears. Venom drips from their hissing fangs. You are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. God spoke to Moses But this man, we know nothing of where he came from. The man born blind responds, You know what? You people don't know where he comes from, and he opened my eyes. We all know that God doesn't listen to willful sinners, but God listens to the God-fearing. In all the ages, it has never been heard of that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. Unless this man, Jesus, were from God, he couldn't have done a blessed thing. Ah! The Pharisees cry out, You lecture us? You were utterly born in sins. The finely dressed, tassel-toting Pharisees grab the man born blind, 
They drag him out of his parents' house and they hurl him into the dusty streets. The man wanders back to his beggar friends. He's interrupted. He's found by Jesus. Jesus stops him and looks into his eyes. Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answers, Sir, who is he? So I can believe in him. Jesus says, You have seen him. He is the one in conversation with you. Lord, I believe. The man falls to his knees. He kisses the hem of Jesus' robe and worships. I believe. Jesus looks to the crowd and says, I come for judgment so that those who don't see may be given sight and those who do see may be struck blind. There were still some Pharisees in the crowd. You're not implying that we are blind too, are you? Jesus says, if you were only blind, you would have no more sin. But now that you keep saying, we see, we know, you are stuck in sin. Do you want to be the best disciple ever? Do you want to be unstuck in sin? Then join the revolution of the unblind leading the unblind. The best, obedient, Jesus-loving disciples start from the lowly and dusty places. She or he start from the places where we don't even know who or what to ask. Instead, it's a matter of grace upon grace. It's a matter of Jesus finding us. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. We're 26 days into the Lenten journey. How y'all doing? Tired? Lonely? Sad? Weary? Failing? Floundering? That's the perfect place and position to be found by Jesus. Let Jesus lift you up. Let Jesus heal you. Let Jesus love you. Encounter a living God who finds you, who puts paste on your eyes, even though you never even thought to ask for it. And beware, if you're strong, decisive, full of answers, devotional metrics, spiritual merit, Jesus comes to you with a word of caution. If you know too much, if you see too well, beware. A little ignorance, a little confession could go a long way. It could save your life today. And in these unusual and strange days, it seems the humble way is the wise way. Jesus' invitation may sound like this. If you were only blind... If you could just concede that you do not have it all together. If you could just confess that you sometimes need correction. That you need help. If you could just say, I'm uncertain about myself. 
Then Jesus says you would have no sin. Because your doubt and your despair would show that you need Jesus. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We believe and we worship you.